Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. Today we have a returning guest on the show, Rory from his channel, YouTube channel, and website, thedailycoin.com. Rory, how are you doing today? I'm doing quite well. I hope you are, Matt. Oh, absolutely. It's always a, a pleasure to, to speak with you. Uh, you've been a, a long-standing member of this community and, and, and certainly have done some great service to this community as well as uh, my channel. You know, uh, I, I don't talk about a ton of my channel, but but there's a couple websites that are I always can count on to, to share my work and, and your website is one of those. So I thank you for that. Now, one well, of the things let me, that... Let me, let me interrupt you real quick because yeah. I do that for a reason. It's because you have high-quality work and I appreciate the work that you do. And I thank you for having me on your show. I really do. I appreciate everything that you're doing. And I wouldn't publish your work if it if it didn't fit and if you weren't doing a good job. So kudos to you for what you're doing. And uh, we were talking, we were discussing this just before we started recording. So I mean that sincerely. So let's oh, absolutely. jump in. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, one of the first things that we, we said we want to talk about here today was uh, the, the Trump administration and uh, their push to to uh, nominate some, some different individuals for uh, Fed uh, positions, positions at the Federal Reserve. Now, past nominees include uh, Herman Cain and Stephen Moore, who I believe yes. have both pulled out uh, for, for various reasons. Um, but then he has another pick here, and I, I forget her name, uh, who also would be what some, including yourself, might describe as a, a gold bug, somebody that is more inclined to believe in the real value of, of gold as money. Um, I wonder if you wanted to expand on that, and, and, and do you think that this is uh, legit, or do you think that this is, you know, maybe maybe we're playing this up a little bit more than it has to be? No, I think there's something to it. I think there's some meat on the bone. And the young lady that, that you're referring to, her name is Judy Shelton. And she was, uh, she's one that's been, she's an, a conservative economist, and she has been nominated to fill uh, one of two vacancies over at the Federal Reserve. And I think that uh, I, when Trump was elected, I immediately wrote about the fact that he was, a, not was, he is a gold guy. And I was asking the question, what is this going to mean for gold? What is it going to mean for the dollar? Because if you go back to 2011, I believe it was, <clears throat> excuse me, that you will find that, that Trump made a deal with Atmex and signed a lease, a 30-year lease, uh, at least one that was prominent where he took gold, he took gold kilo bars as the deposit on the lease. And, and he, at that time he said, yeah, the dollar's trash. It's no good. 
It's having all kinds of problems, which he was right on, on all accounts. And he said, you know, gold is money. And it was, so that's always been in the back of his mind and in, and in his, and in his dealings. But we have to remember that he, like the other, uh, 1%, one tenth of 1%, they've all benefited from this criminal system. He's benefited from that. So the question becomes, why would he want to destroy that which is making him wealthy? I mean, all of the, with all of the noise that was made about his bankruptcies back in the 80s and early 90s or whatever, that was just all over the news. He wouldn't have been able to do that had we been on a gold standard, but he's had Herman Cain and Stephen Moore and now uh, this young lady, Judy Shelton, all, all of which are gold. These are, these are gold bugs, period. Stephen Moore called for a gold standard, and I think that we're probably going to move in that direction. Once Trump gets reelected, then then he will be freed up to pursue that a little bit further. What it what it looks like, how it's going to pan out, anybody's guess because uh, we've we've seen we've we've seen what happens when people start talking about challenging the Federal Reserve and the uh, banksters in general. We've seen what happens to them. They get the uh, Lincoln. Uh, treatment or the Kennedy treatment. So, I mean, is that going to, are we going to see Trump fall in that same category? I don't know. Is it possible? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, what's really interesting to me is, is he kind of pointed out there that, you know, for much of his uh, career, Trump has, has kind of benefited from the current system, especially I think, you know, in the last, uh, you know, 10 years post recession uh, from, 0% 0% interest rates, low interest rate policy. Uh, as people said in the past, you know, he's a, he's a low interest rate guy. He's a, uh, he's a, a real estate guy. And I've talked about this in the past in my channel that w- whether it's, it's large stock holdings or large real estate holdings, oftentimes you benefit more than the average person from low interest rates. Like who, who cares if you have a couple of few percentage points lower rate on, on your mortgage. We're talking about multi-million dollar developments that some of these, you know, real estate tycoons and whatnot are benefiting from, uh, you know, again, adding to this kind of wealth disparity that, that people blame on, on maybe some other factors. Uh, so it'll be interesting, you know, that, that was a case I think for much of his career that that was in his best interest. And now that he's in the white house, I think, uh, I think it's abundantly clear that lower interest rates, would again be in his best interest, not because it's real estate holdings, but because uh, if interest rates go up too high, uh, he may be dealing with a recession towards the end of his uh, first term, which is maybe the worst thing that could happen to a, a, a sitting president. So yeah, it's interesting, you know, even Stephen Moore and uh, his call for a, a gold standard. Um, he also, you know, as he was a uh, kind of in the nomination process talking about how he uh, wouldn't mind lowering the Fed funds rate. And that, 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 I guess that's my concern is that, you know, regardless of who we get in the Fed, is that, you know, it's a, uh, it turns into a lower interest rate game that they're going to 
uh, do do something similar to to like what a, a Larry Kudlow would do. Somebody that maybe understands some of these deeper aspects about the markets and the economy, and yet once he's given a position of power, has no problem uh, with with kind of um, towing the party line or towing the, the the line for the administration. I wonder if that's going to be the case for for some of these Fed chairs. Do you see that happen or Fed uh, members? Do you see that happening? I think the QE is coming regardless of who's in there or what's going on or any talk of a gold standard or any any thing to do with gold or a monetary change. I think that the first order of business right now, what they're looking at is quantitative easing. I mean, I, I don't think that there's any secret about that or it doesn't seem to be anyway. Maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like there's a, a whole lot of chatter about uh, holding the line or lowering the interest rates and the Fed fund rates. And that's, that is quantitative easing, also known as money printing. And as we've seen the corporate stock buybacks, they're not able to um, do what they've been doing because they don't have the free flow of funds. So... I mean, all of these things start playing a part as far as everything kind of falling, a continuing to fall apart. And as far as a recession, we've been, I've been saying that we've been in a depression for at least five or six years. And the recession actually started in 2008 when everything, you know, blew to shreds and the whole system imploded. So, and nothing's been fixed since then. So as far as everything that they're trying, all these magic tricks, the smoke and mirrors programs, they're, they're going to continue. They have to, they have to continue the, the game. Otherwise, if they, if they change, then it's going to blow up in their face immediately. Not just, not over time, but it would be something that would that would happen. I mean, look at what what happened with the uh, stock market the past couple of days. I mean, add another zero to that seven hundred drop, the seven hundred point drop, and that's what we'd be talking about. As far as that's what we could be looking at very easily. So, I mean, we have we have some very serious economic and financial problems in this country, and no one addresses them realistically, in my opinion. They just don't. And it's it's a crime. Yeah, you know, the the last 10 years and, and to some extent before that, the Fed has been complicit in what some people would call financial repression, um, especially regarding rates, whether it's yields or, or rates on, on, on debt, uh, one and the same to some extent. Now, one of the newest things, because we're talking about QE and, and how that's almost a, a sure thing. And then, of course, interest rate policy, they're going to bring it to its its 0% rate, maybe somewhat negative. We'll see where it goes in that direction. Uh, the, the newest thing that they're floating now is to, because with, with the Fed funds rate, basically what they're doing is is that's the shortest, you know, term interest rate we, we can talk about, that the baseline in which, you know, all these other interest rates should, in theory, be based on that along with with the actual treasury rates which again are, are based on, on on the fed funds rate and then things like the library rate a, a new policy tool that they're floating is to peg uh, uh longer term rates to a certain percentage so so with the fed funds rate they can sh control the, the short end of the yield curve but now they're talking about trying to peg you know the the one year the two year the 10 year whatever it is at a lower interest rate to control 
the, the other part of the curve as well. Uh, and, and ultimately, it leads to to financial oppression. You know, maybe right. you can you can talk more about this as well. One of the uh, reasons, one of the many myriad of reasons that the Fed is in many ways between a rock and a hard place in terms of, of uh, propping the economy up, but also not uh, leading to some sort of mass inflationary event. Uh, another way in which they're between a rock and a hard place is that by lowering yields and, and lowering rates, uh, they have contributed significantly to a, a massive shortcoming in uh, the, the public pensions, uh, state and, and local pensions. Uh, that that is in the hundreds of billions, maybe even trillions of dollars when it's all said and done. Basically, these these pensions, for years, you know, going back to the early 2000s, 90s, 80s, they relied on on things like U.S. Treasuries to right. eke out a, a very reasonable yield. I mean, we're talking you know four or five percent uh, yield on on something like the U.S. 10-year bond a few decades ago. Today, we're talking two three percent, and that's not nearly enough. To, to get what they need. And so what they've been doing instead is is thrown into the stock market. So what we see right now is a pretty significant um, shortfall in terms of, of what they have on their balance sheet compared to what they ultimately owe, what they're ultimately obligated to, to pay out. Uh, but again, if, if we're talking about a, a, a 20, 30, 50% drop in the stock market, with pensions holding as many stocks as are you know varying from from maybe thirty percent all the way up to like sixty or seven percent of their total portfolio in the stock market, we're talking about two three trillion dollars that that they're going to be short when it comes to to paying out these these payments and ultimately I, I see the backstop for that being the federal government some sort of a massive bailout for these pensions. I don't know if you want to talk more about that, but but that's just kind of another way in which the Fed is between a rock and a hard place. Well, they are, <clears throat> excuse me, the pensions are, the state pensions in particular, 401ks, they're all underwater, have been for years. 2008, everything got exponentially worse for them. And to, just to give you an idea, uh, two or three years ago, I was reporting on uh, CalPERS, which is the California pension it's the one of the largest, if not the largest, pension fund in the country. It was dependent upon uh, producing a seven percent return on their fund per annum, just to be able to keep up with the people that were coming online and starting to, to receive benefits versus the number of people that were paying into the system. That disappeared uh, more than a decade ago, and they've been in the in the two three percent range, like what you mentioned, for forever. They are now the last that I when I last reported on it, like I said, it's been two or three years ago. They were twenty billion dollars in the red, and you can't you know a pension fund. It's going to be very difficult for them to make that up, and there's it, it's it's ridiculous i mean if it, and this is not financial advice but if people have these state-run pension funds i mean it might be time to look at something else because they're all collapsing they're all dependent upon something that doesn't exist anymore and it's not that it's that it's a low yield it's a no yield 
And so they're trying to make it up with various other uh, pieces of the puzzle that they put into these pension funds. And it's not working. It's not going to work because one they I mean, because they're all all of these financial instruments all feed off of one another. And if there's nothing to feed on, then they can't produce what they need to produce. But I wanted to uh, look back at the at at gold again. I want to look at the, at the <clears throat> excuse me. There's uh, Mr. Mooney uh, who's introduced the Gold Reserve Transparency Act, and it's HR two five five nine, and he has he wants to do a full audit, a full assay of all the gold that is currently on being held by the Federal Reserve. And that is actually getting real. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply traction at this point there are actually people within congress that are looking at this realistically this is part of why these uh, gold guys herman cain stephen moore and um judy shelton have all they're all being looked at twice i mean stephen moore and herman cain were shot down almost immediately because they they knew that they would be on board with uh, that they, they would help to get this uh, pushed through. And it's uh, Alex Mooney. He's a, he's out of West Virginia and he is the one that has brought all of this to the, to the table. And I think that it has a real chance of getting through now whether it does or not, I don't know. You have to remember the Federal Reserve is going to, with their unlimited uh, money printing machine, will buy off as many of the Congress and senators as possible to keep this thing from going through. But I think that that is the best shot that we've had in quite some time. And this is to say nothing of, I mean, what's going on, Matt, with, the Bank for International Settlements, the BIS, bringing on Basel III and changing golds um, the way that it's accounted for to a tier one asset, making it money. It's now money. Gold is now officially money. It's not just something that you and I understand and know, but it's officially recognized as money, the same as treasuries the same as cash, same as any currency in the world. It's it's now on the books in the same category as those other two items. And you have Trump talking about bringing gold guys on to the Federal Reserve, and you have uh, Alex Mooney bringing 
the Gold Reserve Transparency Act to the table and it and then people looking at it realistically. I mean, what are your thoughts on what's happening with all this in light of everything that we talked about with the Treasury and the and that and the pensions all blowing up? I mean, that is a disaster. That's a disaster. A known this is a known problem and it's known that it is a mathematical equation that cannot be balanced and now on the flip side we have all this gold talk and gold being made money again so where do we stand with all of this yeah no it's it's very interesting now in in regards to this this bill being introduced in the house uh it's it's for us in this community it's it's really a uh It'll be interesting because if, let's say this passes, hypothetically, let's say it passes and the audit comes back and lo and behold, we were wrong. The gold is all there. And, and why were we ever doubted in the first place? Well, okay, <laughs> there's still some reasonable doubt about the audit itself, you know, who's doing the audit and whatnot. Right. Um, if, if it's a treasury unit, I'm, I'm automatically going to be suspect. If it's an independent agency, it's a different story. Uh, but I think if we did this audit, and let's say there was some discrepancy, there was any sort of question. I, I don't see them coming out and saying, wait, it's not there. You know, that's not that's not going to gonna happen. No, but let's say there is some discrepancy. I mean, any hint, any whiff of, of the gold not being there, uh, this would this would be huge. I mean, this would be uh, equivalent to, let's say, China uh, were, were to come out and publicly state how much gold they actually have now now they're the pboc this is really important to understand that the pboc the people's bank of china their central bank they actually recently have been reporting uh additions to their total gold holdings uh not not massive holdings but but it was quite a while there that they actually weren't uh reporting any but it's still fairly small in the whole scheme of things the pboc's official holdings compared to uh, Russia compared to the United States compared to some European countries, and yet, you know, if you look at the look at the uh, uh, numbers, you know, our, our friend Lewis from from Smellgold um, would estimate that that China has maybe as much as like ten times as much as what they're officially stating at the PBLC in some sort within the grasp of the government. I mean, that, and that's pretty wide grasp when we're talking about a government like China um, in in uh, sovereign wealth funds and, and, and various entities like that, uh, something like 20,000 tons. And so if if China were to report that publicly, I mean, that would be huge. I mean, there'd be, you know, those those people that have their head in the sand and, and they don't care about, you know, the importance of gold and in, in uh, the, the world's financial system. Uh, but, you know, that would be on a similar magnitude to to if the United States were to come out and say we don't have the gold. But but I, it, it seems like a no nonsense action. Now, the Federal Reserve out at the Fed and the Fed movement by Ron Paul and others for years there. I think, you know, some in the um, it's very easy to, to make something like that seem like it's it's overly political or overly partisan or. Uh, some people would say, now nah, we already audit the Fed. There's nothing to worry about there. OK, but but this seems like a, a no nonsense it's count the gold, right? Make sure right. it's actually gold and make sure it's actually there. We haven't done it in decades. Why not? And it's like, it, it seems like a no nonsense thing. And so I hope, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's pushed through. We'll see, you know, again, uh, when, when it comes to politics, you, you never know because people might You're just decide criminals. <laughs> right, right, right. It's, it's, but, but we'll see. But in terms of, of the overall gold, 
the introduction of gold uh, to a great extent into this conversation about the world uh, financial system, the world debt bubble. Now, I guess my take on it is that you look at countries like, like Russia, you look at countries like China or even India, and I think some people immediately go to the assumption that they are huge holders of, of gold. Therefore, once this all falls apart, we're, we're going to get a gold-backed ruble or a gold-backed yuan. And, and I don't necessarily fall into that camp. The possibility exists. But, but I think you don't have to suddenly back your ruble or your yuan yuan with with uh with gold to to stabilize the whole co- i i think just that gold being there in the first place right adds some significant stability to those countries economies in particular russia because of the scale of their gold holdings relative to uh, the size of their economy and, and their relatively low debt china's a really interesting picture because because they have as i said massive holdings of, of physical gold um, they've been making some some pretty significant infrastructure investments within their own country. Now, my opinion is that a lot of that was to to stimulate economic growth and to, to prop up uh, uh, their economy. But they've also been making some pretty significant investments in their their Belt and Road Initiative, um, as well as as other physical investments like ports and 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 uh, mineral rights and whatnot abroad outside of their country. And I think those are very significant. But on the other hand, unlike Russia, they have a massive debt problem and and i think the yuan is is in some serious trouble going forward so it's it's really tough to say exactly what it's going to look like for china but what i can say is that china owning that ten thousand or twenty thousand tons of gold how much however much it is within the grasp of their government uh that puts them in a much stronger position than something like uh, the united states or many european countries which may not have that gold and 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 i think the size of our problems uh, are on a much larger scale relative to the amount of physical holdings that we have. So, so I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm a, I'm a, I wouldn't say I'm a pessimist, Rory. I'm not too much of a cynic. I like to describe myself as a realist, and I think right. realistically, um, I, 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 I would hope that we could move in this direction, but realistically, I don't think we will. And I don't think we can under the current system. There has to be some sort of, of refresh, some sort of reboot. There, and I think that that's what's coming. And I, and, and I want to make a couple of comments about what you were saying as far as Russia and China and their gold and their economies and uh, Belt and Road. And first, uh, Russia has one of the strongest economies in the world right now because of their debt load. They actually don't have hardly any debt. They only they got rid of 84 uh, percent of their U.S. debt and with their gold holdings and the way that they have are structuring their economy, their economy within the next five years is going to uh, be a force to be reckoned with. And that is it, it's what they're putting in place right now is incredible. I mean, what Putin has been able to do and unlike China, Russia is is looking inside. They're making changes internally to be able to uh, feed the world and be do a little bit of manufacturing of hard goods like automobiles, like the brand new Mercedes-Benz uh, plant that they just opened up. 
Uh, but they're, that's not really their focus. Their focus is going to be on food and economics. So they're, they, then they've got huge plans for that. China's gold, they, Alistair McLeod has done an unbelievable job of research. Louis Camersano over at Small Gold, he does great work in reporting on what China's doing, but he hasn't done the in-depth research that Alistair McLeod at Gold Money has done. And what Alistair has determined is, is that realistically, China should and possibly has between 20 and 25,000 tons of gold. And, and Alistair McLeod used the information from that GATA uh, has on when uh, Henry Kissinger spoke directly with China when they were when Nixon opened up China and Henry Kissinger in a memo said that there was discussion about specifically about gold and how China would be able to acquire however much gold they needed. You'd have to go back and look at it. I don't want to misquote anything, but there was very distinct, very, very distinct language that was used uh, and GATA has it on file, and that's the, that was the starting point that Alistair McLeod used to do to conduct his research, and he projected that, I think it was 1973, and he projected that forward and, cal and, and did the calculations about what the World Gold Council was reporting versus what countries were reporting. I mean, it's incredible. The numbers that he came up with are within the realm of reality, based in reality, based in, in very in-depth research. It's, in, it's incredible. China also has this series of uh, accounts called SAFE, S-A-F-E, which is an acronym. And it's believed that that's where most of their gold is held, is in these SAFE accounts. And that it's just a ledger line, <clears throat> excuse me, currently to where they don't have to report it because the only gold that they have to report is their official gold that they report to the IMF. They can, they can import and they can hold as much gold as they want and not report it. But their official gold, they have to report because this is determined by, this is what keeps them in the uh, SDR basket of currency and all of the other situations that are controlled by the global banking cabal. So you have, and then the Belt and Road, they have, China has done an enormous amount of work with agreements throughout the world, including 28 that they signed last year in Panama, in Central America. So the, Xi Jinping was there in Panama and oversaw the signing of these 28 contracts. They're all in Africa. They have gold mining. Um, they own gold mining operations throughout the world. And they're internal. And I just reported on this uh, last week that their gold mining internally has dropped off a little bit, but their gold mining operations that they either own outright or like in with the situation with Barrick where they bought into their, when they acquired Rand Gold a few months ago, back in September, 
And if it wasn't for China and their $300 million stock uh, purchase, that that would have never happened. So they own their, their gold mining operations outside of China make up for what they're losing in production internally. So, so it all balances out for what they're trying to achieve, which is God only knows what that is. And the question that I've been asking for years, Matt, is why is China and Russia acquiring gold? What is the purpose of this? Why did China, why did the Shanghai Gold Exchange send their uh, the CEO or not he's not the CEO, I can't remember what his title is, but it's the head guy for the Shanghai Gold Exchange. He met with one of the uh, deputy finance ministers out of Kazakhstan in 2016 for the specific purpose of discussing gold as trade settlement along the Belt and Road Initiative. It was known as the New Silk Road at that time. And Kuz Jansen's report on that in 2016 detailed the whole meeting. I mean, it's incredible. So. So these are the questions that I have. Why is Russia and China acquiring gold? If we look at 2018, the most significant acquisitions of gold by central banks in what, 30 years, 40 years? I mean, it was, it, it was incredible, the volume of gold. And, the, and the, what made that, in my opinion, what made that so significant were the people that came in. You had uh, Hungary and Poland and uh, several other smaller nations that came to the gold market that hadn't been there for years. And India has now gotten back into acquiring gold. I mean, help me to understand this. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I get it. It's, it, it I, I asked that question as well. What, what, is, what is the reason for this? And, and if nothing else, uh, it's it's probably the best hedge a country like like China or Russia can have, especially given uh, the the power that the United States has attempted to wield in the past through the the U.S. dollar system, the U.S. dollar dominance of, of the global financial system. Now, I, we, we got to wrap this up soon, but if I can close with this, you know, the real tragedy I think in all this is, you know, if we simplify this, maybe oversimplify this, and just say that this is an East versus West or China, Russia versus Europe and U.S. or whatever you want to call it, uh, and, and say that you know our, our our current system, fractional reserve banking, fiat money, runaway debt here in the United States, is inferior to that, and that over the long term, their their long game playing the long game is going to pay off for them. The real tragedy in all this is that China, Russia and, and in particular China are still very much authoritarian states yes and and the the idea of freedoms within those countries are I mean, it's a foreign concept especially in china yeah um, china's rapidly been increasing you know i would say russia has maybe made some reforms now i'm you'd have to speak to to actual russians to get more made some reforms since the days of the soviet union but china uh, is increasingly moving into a more and more authoritarian country and that's the real tragedy in all this is if they do come out on top and, and my gut tells me that actually, you know, in China in particular and, and the way that they run their economy, that's they, they really shouldn't uh, 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 
I, I don't know, maybe come out on top, but but maybe not thrive. Uh, but if they do, if if playing the long game works out for them, uh, the the there will be billions of of people within those countries that are still suffering from lack of, of freedom and, and repression by their government. And that's the real tragedy, I think, in all this. I I don't want to paint us as saying that Russia and China are the the good guys. No. Um, just because they're fighting our system, uh, because the the way that those countries are run, China in particular, is is really a tragedy. Yeah, and I want to be clear. I did not say, nor did I imply, nor am I will I ever say that I support Russia, China, or any other dictatorship. I don't. All Absolutely I'm saying not. is is that this is what they're doing. Okay, and you cannot deny that. I personally see the uh, credit score uh, nightmare that has been implemented in China. They're going to use the Belt and Road to sweep the, the globe with that authoritarian police state nightmare, period. That's, what, that's what's going to happen. So. Yeah, it, it, it makes what we have in the United States or even parts in Europe uh, look like a uh, like a libertarian paradise. Exactly. You know, it's 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 a uh, it's it's yeah. And and I wouldn't be surprised if you're right. If if we see um, you know countries that are are closely aligned with them, Southeast Asia, Central Asia, and whatnot, uh, be be swept up into that. And and uh, that's that's I guess one of my big concerns in all this is is what does this mean for freedoms? Not to say that the United States government in particular is a a bastion of, of freedom or human rights these days. But again, looks like a libertarian paradise compared to uh, what we see in China. Exactly. Well, was there anything else you wanted to uh, leave our, our, our viewers with today? No, I just, uh, I hope people come over and, and uh, check out the dailycoin.org. And I have a Christian website called gospelnewsnetwork.org. And uh, keep supporting Matt because he does great work. And uh, I really appreciate all the time today, Matt. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming on. And thank you for all you have done for my channel in the past. You know, I uh, I recently saw, was it that you were on the SGT report a couple weeks back? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's really great because, you know, for, for years there, I won't say years, but, but for yeah, probably years now, you know, there were two websites in particular that I could always count on to share my work. It was Sean from the SGT report and Rory from the dailycoin.com. And then the other one maybe org. being... Uh, yeah, sorry, .org. Uh, the other one being maybe SD Bullion, more recent, or, or SilverDoctors.com. Um, and that's been great. I mean, today, you know, uh, if, if I see a couple hundred views from, from either of your websites, it's like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, but, you know, back in the day, that was <laughs> that was a lot of my viewership that you guys were driving. <laughs> so I appreciate that a lot. Well, we do what we can. And, you know, it, it's the the numbers that they're giving you is probably inaccurate, as you know, Um it's probably a lot higher. Uh, they can't steal if they tell you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'm really glad, like I, like I said at the beginning, Matt, you do great work. I really appreciate it. I appreciate the time. And uh, I love coming on and talking with you. And I know you got to run. I got to run. So thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll, we'll definitely have to speak again soon. Sounds good. All right. See you, Rory. See you later. All right, bye.